Welcome to Creative Conversations, the Tiger Spirit podcast where I talk with real people about creativity in their life and work. I'm your host, Yang Mei Ui. I'm an author and podcaster. Today, we have a very special episode. It is the first of a three-episode mini-series coming to you from Westwood Ho in North Devon. My first guest from Westwood Ho is Pete Sawyer, the owner of the Kite Mare Kite and Surf Shop right in the centre of this lovely seaside village. Welcome to Creative Conversations, Pete. Thank you very much. Now, you lived in the North Devon area for most of your life, and now you're based in Westwood Ho. Now, for uh, listeners who don't know anything about Westwood Ho, have never heard of this place, can you describe the town of Westwood Ho uh, for, for them, just to give them a feel? Uh, the first thing, they've got to come here on holiday, because it's the most amazing place in North Devon. Westwood Ho is a holiday resort that was created in 1856, and it's... It's had its bad times in the past, and due to a lot of reinvestment now, it's a good family holiday destination, good for walkers, people that like nature. If you're into manufactured fun, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> there's nothing here, there's, there's nothing you're going to find, no roller coasters. But if you're into your nature, you're walking, surfing, time on the beach, taking the dog out, it's the most amazing place in, in North Devon. Now, we're sitting in your shop, which is right in the centre of Westford Ho. Um, can you tell us what Kite Mare specialises in? So we started off 10, 10 12 years ago as a, a kite surfing shop. At the time, kite surfing was, if you went on holiday, people hadn't seen it. It was, you know, you felt like you were pioneers of the sport. So we, we basically had two kites explode in two weeks, which was very inconvenient. And how does a kite explode? <laughs> One of them, the stitching had gone, so as I turned it over, it just exploded in my hand, which was really gutting because it was the most perfect session, and I just ended up with a bit of plastic in my hand that was no use to man or beast. And the second time, I believe I dropped it, and it ripped in half. So it was, you know, I've been an engineer all my life. There was one repair centre, maybe two repair centres in the country at the time. I, I figured it, it, it can't be that hard. Um, and we started repairing kites. Oh, wow. So you just taught yourself how to repair. <laughs> Six months later, head in hands, sewing things together, not, not even being able to sew. It was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. But I taught myself to weld in the past. I taught myself three-phase electrics, control panels. I taught myself and then I, I coded for the welding. I got electrical qualification. Kites was uh, probably the hardest thing I'd learned to do. It really was. I'm quite pig-headed, so I eventually managed to nail it, and we were doing quite a, a decent quality of repair. Of course, then that everything in life was it ten thousand hours. After ten thousand hours, you 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 were going to be an expert. I'd done more than ten thousand hours of kite repairs, and yeah, we got pretty good at it. That then evolved the shop, so people's kites couldn't be repaired. Um, I need a new kite mate, so we came up with the idea of a kite shop. Wow. Um, and that was it, you know, from a, a passion, a shop was born. Fantastic. And you also had a bit of um, difficulty in your life um, prior to, to starting the shop. You, you were telling me about your, your engineering business. Yeah. Bust. That yeah, must have been re hard. Recessions. So we had um, the kite shop originally was based in the ground floor of what was the engineering business. So the engineering business was 12 employees. 
running round the whole of the southwest, fitting garage and industrial doors, mainly industrial. We had some amazing contracts. We we worked at the Bank of uh, Bank of England in Loughton. That was um, manganese sheet with oak faces, Douglas McGuirk Gill twelve point lock in. It was like this was on the security building into the main printing works. You know, you walked in there and you saw money just being pulled around on pallets. It was it was amazing. <laughs> we came back with a bag full of shredded money from that one. Um, we, we worked at Hinkley Point Power Station, all the local factories here. It was an amazing job. Recession hit, and like the six teams we had, there was just no work. Um, one of the main construction companies went bust, which hit us quite hard. And then the contracts just dried up, which was, yeah, was interesting. Must have been very hard, and then you had to refigure out I, how you're going to we were about, carry on. Because of the way we were running, we were about £250,000 in debt at that stage, and the overdraft was about 40000 40, And the bank closed the overdraft overnight because of the recession, it was the way they were going. So we lost a 40000 working capital. Most of the contracts weren't paying because the construction sites stopped, therefore they weren't getting paid. It made it incredibly hard. We worked for two years insolvent, and I got the debt down from I think, 250000 to about 150000 And then one of the major ones put the plug on it, sent the bankruptcy order, um, expecting to get the house. In the meantime, I had to sell the house to the wife to cover the overdraft. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting times. The wife then got rid of me, so I ended up with about a £300 van and a dog. My word. So how did you pick yourself up? I mean, that's just... There's nowhere else you can go. <laughs> well, I mean, once you hit rock bottom, you've just got to enjoy the few. I mean, I, I was in bankruptcy, so I didn't have no money. Um, sleeping in the van, you know, then you're a shower. It's a two-litre bottle of water. So you, you, you got going with your two-litre bottle of water. And then realised, you know, the, the silly little things is your whole perception changes on life. Your disappointment then was the two litres ran out before the soap. So then you got clever and it was like a two litre bottle and a one litre bottle just as reserve. And it's like once you'd recentered the life and got to that sort of stage, then, you know, we saved up, managed to get a little bit together, bought a caravan. So, of course, I've got a caravan now. I've got a cooker. I've got a shower. You turn on the taps and water comes out. You know, it doesn't matter about your extra litre. It was, yeah, it was, it was nice to to go from an engineering business where we used to go on holiday at sandals and you know have have a nice lifestyle to to nothing and then appreciate everything in life you know if you walk on the beach you appreciate the sunrise you appreciate the sunset the sound of the ocean whereas before you were just thinking about what that team was doing why that contract hadn't gone right how are you going to get this one how yeah yeah it was nice to to reconnect with everything. And so now you're, uh, we're, we're, we're doing this, this interview in, in, in your shop and we're surrounded by um, hoodies and uh, wetsuits, sunglasses, all kinds of uh, kind of outdoorsy but sort of kite surfing and windsurfing type yeah. gear. Um, and so you, you've built that up from, from nothing. And it sounds like to me each step along the way you, you had a really positive attitude and you were grateful for what you had each, each moment. Well, you, there is only you at the end of the day there is only you you can make your luck or you can not make your luck I could have sat down and moped and got nowhere or you you enjoy what you've got and you make the most of it and you try and build it you know I remember I remember driving over Biddyford Bridge looking over going and there was a Samaritan sign 
And it was like, I'd never do that because then you can't, there's nowhere else you can go. You know, I had my health, which was lucky, and I had nothing else. So there is only one way to go. So you just keep plodding, keep plodding, build it, work hard. And of course, because you had the passion for kite surfing, and also I think you mentioned you, you had done some diving as well. Yeah, I used to run a charter boat to Lundy in the past and surfing, I've surfed all my life. So you had these other options that um, you're, I suppose, in, in that moment you were thinking, I imagine, well, I've got, uh, you know, I could I could do the, the kite repairs, I could yeah, do you, those other yeah, things. I, I won't. I wouldn't go and work in a factory because, again, my old job used to go around all these places and you'd see the same person in the same spot doing the same job two years later. And to work all week, to then... to, to, to wish for the weekends to come, to then the weekend goes, to wish for the next weekend to come, you're wishing your life away. Mm. So I've always done stuff I really enjoyed doing. I enjoyed the challenge of the doors. Now I enjoy the surfing, the kite surfing... The summer, it's 600 people a day. It's just life and energy. You sit behind the counter. You just perform. You know, if somebody can't pay because you're too busy, they'll walk off. If they don't quite what's going to come out your mouth next and they're all laughing, they'll, they'll stay. It does get quite hard to perform for six weeks solid. <laughs> but we manage. We manage. <laughs> and so um, in contrast to that hard times, let's, let's, let's focus on now. So, so tell me about a sort of like a typical week or typical day. I know your, your partner is here with, with your lovely, cute little baby Bob and, and the dogs. Um, so just describe for us what, what happens for you sort of now in your life. So now it's, it's coming to work. It's always been going to work, doing stuff I enjoyed. So I love the challenge. Um, the good thing with the shop now is, you know, scarred. I've had 15 years business experience, so I know the shop's going to work. I know how to how to run things, how to plan things, how to how to make it work. Giving better quality service, giving better customer experience, building building trade. But that takes about 25% of my time. So the rest of it now is a like friend comes to work with me, which is absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, then Bob, so little baby Bob's, what, nine months now? So he only knows the shop. He comes to work every day. Uh, the dogs come to work. Because there's two of us in here, we can. We can tag team. We can go off for a walk on the beach, take the dogs out there. As Bob gets older, he's going to be able to go and play in the rock pools, play in the surf. It's it's lovely. And you also get a chance to, to go kite surfing quite a lot because we're sitting in the shop and just to describe for, for people the view from, from your front window... It's pretty nice. You're looking at two miles of golden sand by three quarters. Two foot of surf today. Very little wind at the moment. It's just the most amazing playground and it's right in front of us. I wish I could get out more, but it, it does get quite busy here. So it is, it's, it's, it's nicking the moments I can, you know. But it, even when you're working hard, it's better to have this view than uh, working hard looking at the back of a leisure centre which is what we were doing before. And um, so um, the, the, you came to my attention because we, uh, we love coming to Westwood Ho and uh, in the summer when we were here last, um, I saw this man on a paddleboard with a dog on the front end um, and I just had to find out who that was and so I went on the Facebook community group and said, who is that man? And of course, this being a lovely community, um, somebody said, oh, well, it's Pete Sawyer. Yeah. So I contacted you. So you do um, kite surfing and paddleboarding. I... Uh, I mainly surf, then I kite surf as well. And when it's flat, there's nothing else to do, so I go for a paddleboard. And 
that's nice because the dog can come on the front. And Daniel the Spaniel, he's well known in Westwood Ho. In fact, he was on telly on the parking programme. Um, he, he's just it's a, such a cool dog. And in about six months' time, I reckon it'll be Daniel the Spaniel on the front, Bob in the middle, then me. Uh, say, just amazing. But I also organise all the events in Westwood Ho, so that really does help because then people really do get to know you. And it's, yeah, it's just lovely. It's a great place to, to live, work, grow up. So t- tell, tell us about um, some of these, these events that, that you organise. So I do have a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> I do have an awful lot of energy. And the business now, because it is just me and Fran, a shop, I don't want a second shop. I don't want to grow it. I don't want world domination. I'm happy with what I've got. So I've got probably 75% energy left. So we, two and a half years ago, I put a business association together in Westwood Ho. Um, it's the most amazing business people here you could ever think of. And once we got them all together and all work in the same way, um, which was which was easy because we're all going the same way anyway, we started working with the council. Um, and just what can we improve? And one of the things I came up with was events. You put a decent event on in a village and it draws people in. People have a great time and they remember not just that event, but they remember, God, that was, that was brilliant in Westwood Ho. So they'll come back for repeat visits. So we started off with the sunset festivals. So it was um, early summer, sort of came up with the idea of a sunset festival. We put a, a, we put a couple of like buskers on. Merlin turns up, which is a local legend. He was on West, uh, Britain's Got Talent. He ran a circus skills school and it put about 50 to 80 people on the green. It was just amazing. Wow. And also, again, for the, the listeners who don't know Westwood Ho, in the summer, the sunsets are just gorgeous every single day, practically. Yeah. Um, you can see the sun actually sinking below the horizon, just like a nature programme. Uh, it's astonishing. And the whole sky goes red. So the sunset festivals were just just wonderful. Went to the pub that night, a couple of beers just to celebrate the fact it went well. Woke up the next morning and there was a PA system delivered. I'd got the credit card out, bought myself a PA system because <laughs> that would make the sunset festivals better. And then the next week it just got busier. By the end of summer, we had about 400 people on the green. But the thing is also that it's busy, but it's not like that horrendous packed um, kind of feel that you get from somewhere else. Family atmosphere. That's what we aim for. We, we don't have drinking. We don't have beer tents. It's all about like the latest one this year is we did Westwood Ho's Got Talent. So there was a couple of us on stage and we were just allowing 10 from the audience to, to, to dominate the stage. We found some, the most amazing talent. But some weeks it was like wading through treacle. <laughs> it, was, um, it was interesting. <laughs> but, you know, little, little Jimmy got on stage and he got to dance or sing or, you know, Jessica was up there busting out a song. It was it was just amazing. You see, with the sunset going down behind and then some decent sort of musical acts on as well, it was, it just made my summer. Oh, I wonderful. really enjoyed it. And also then in the autumn, you do the Day of the Dead. What's that? The Day of the Dead was, we did that, started it three years ago. So there wasn't really commercial Day of the Dead festivals going on in England. We try to do stuff different. We don't want to be a Christmas light switch on, sort of the recognised ones. Mayfair. We want to do stuff that doesn't compete with other villages, but just a bit more outside the box, a bit more Westwood Ho. 
It's the Day of the Dead festival. Somebody said, you should do Halloween. Well, Halloween's scary. Day of the Dead's about celebrating life. You know, finding out about your ancestors, celebrating your ancestors. You know, my mum died probably 15 years ago. This year on the Day of the Dead, her photo goes up because I can actually celebrate mum then. She'd be really proud of them. But this year was about 500 people dressed up as a skeleton. We went to like, the haunted house, Seafield House. We had can, tan- you, can you describe Seafield House for the listeners? It's 30-odd bedrooms falling down. It's just the most iconic building in Westwood Ho. It was built as a gentleman's residence in 1880, I would have said, around that time. And it was just a, a splend- splendour. It was, you know, magnificent. Now it looks like Scooby-Doo spooky house. Yeah, the, the shape of it is that Victorian Gothic that yeah, has that sort yeah. of pointed roof thing and it's right on the cliff edge. It's, it's just the most amazing building. And because of the Day of the Dead, we got to look around it. And it's just, it's, it's like big toilet seats about a metre wide, square with a hole in the middle. It's like, it's really cool inside. Um, and we had Tasmin Ball, which is one of the really good local, she's sort of classical singer. And she was there busting Anastasia and some really quite mystical, spooky songs out with 200 skeletons in front of her. It was, sun was setting, we had a perfect sunset, no wind. Oh, it was, it was magical. Oh, we then did a procession down into the village centre where we put a band on. Um, there was face painting. There was oh, Merlin doing some fire. There was a fire show. There was juggling. There was loads going on here. And it all sort of climaxed with a big firework display that was on the beach. And it was like a perfect night. Fireworks going off, beautiful shadows and Tamsin singing again. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So why do you think it's important for you um, personally to, to promote Westwood Ho and to put all your energy into... It must be hard work doing these events. <laughs> Obviously, it's not just you, but, you know, with, with the local community, everybody pulling what it, together. What your friend says, I'm a nightmare. She says a week, but I reckon only two or three days before an event and definitely two or three days afterwards because you're pretty tired. But you get a lot from it. I've had the most amazing memories. The uh, New Year's Day dip, you know, that was me on a microphone with a top hat on, just on one with a thousand people there. And then when it came to the the dip time, we had the RNLI were in the water. We had uh, RNLI lifeguards, RNLI boat, six coast guards there as well. It was just a real great community get together with a thousand people on the beach and then 300 running into the sea. All at the same time, it was it was just a most amazing sight. I think that made the national news. I think it was even it, on it the did. BBC. It did, it did, it did. I couldn't believe how keen people were to get in the sea. <laughs> it was freezing. I was lucky. I only got up to my ankles, and like several people asked to, 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 you know, I can hold your microphone if you want. Nah, <laughs> couldn't trust you. <laughs> I think this is just so wonderful because chatting to you and your your lovely um, uh, friendly energy to me it's it's not just you you epitomise the spirit of Westwood Hope because everybody all the local businesses that I've you know been into all the different shops here um, and just walking along people are just so friendly and 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 on the on the Facebook community group for Westwood Hope um, there is such a community spirit it's it's fantastic it is it is um, it, it is it is an amazing place but then we live here. We, we live here. Some people call it a concrete jungle. But you've got to really back down to when I had nothing. 
if you centre and you look out, I don't see a concrete jungle. I see the Atlantic Ocean, I see Lundy Island, I see two miles of beach, I see amazing walks. If you look behind you, yeah, there's places to live. Do you need places to live? <laughs> concrete jungle? Don't know. <laughs> don't see any concrete trees there. <laughs> so, I mean, what advice do you have? You know, I, I'm sure some people listening to this will be very inspired by the story of, you know, finally, you know, kind of doing something that, that you love throughout your life, whether it was engineering or, or, or kite, kite surfing and having a kite, kite surfing shop. What advice do you have for people who want to start a business around something that they love? Keep going. Just just keep going. You've got to make sure you're financially stable. So have some savings in place. Make sure you can go. But just keep at it. If you're passionate about it, the money will come. It's when people like my oldest son, I've had to recenter him. My second oldest, my 16 year old, because he was, I think I'm going to be a doctor because or should I be a vet? The money's better. Whoa, stop. If you chase money, all you do is you just chase, chase, chase. And when's enough enough? If you do what you really enjoy and you do it well, the money will follow because you're doing it well and people want to be involved. They want to, they want to go surfing. They want to go kite surfing. They want to come in. They want to see, you know, they see us on the stage. They come in, they have a chat, and then they buy a towel, buy a dry robe. We, you know, we did three times as much this Christmas than we did last. And that's, it's a, it's a, a lucky spin-off from the events. And that's only because I, I do have a lot of passion. I do have a lot of enthusiasm. Fair bit of energy. And you enjoy what you do. People want to be around that. So it, it does help. It does help. Wonderful. So if people want to find out more about you, Kite Mare and Westwood Ho, where should they go? So we've got, on the village itself, we've got visitwestwoodho.co.uk. There's all the events on there, which is, oh, I've got the Kite Festival, Westwood Ho Kite Festival, National Sandcastle Competition. Um... That's going to be amazing. That'll be just down there. You'll be able to see it from the village. So even if you're less mobile, you can come to the village. You'll see the sandcastles going on. Sunset festivals is seven of them. Then we've got the Day of the Dead festival. Christmas light switch on, which is a bit of a, a Mickey take. And I have upset a couple from the council on that one because we do only have five lights. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, never have five lights been turned on in such style. We get the whooping, cheering... <laughs> Um, and then the Ho 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 Night, which is a family Christmas celebration, which is, you know, we're going to try and get a Santa run on this one as well. So it, all of those are on there. All about Westwood Ho, the little, the nice bits to find. The, the going for breakfast uh, slice of life and getting abused by Craig. All the bits that you don't know about. Um, the walks, finding the lookout, finding the cliff path. It's all the, we tried to put all the local information on there that, you know, you can go and have these experiences um, we haven't got sites evolving all the time. We need to put the tea on the green because you go in there for cakes. It's just magnificent. Rockpool Cafe, the choice of lunches is it's outstanding. Main sale, the high tea is just to die for. It's all these experiences in Westwood Hope people don't normally see. They come here and they go, what's there to do? Yeah, Rockpool in. We've got a big section on there. You can go in and, you know, we have, we have family crab sessions. You get a little, little bit of, like, a little bit of fish or something. You can pull all these crabs out of the rock pools. And, like, Bob, you see his little face when, a, when there's a big crab in front of him. Yeah, it's an amazing place, and the site gives you all that information you need. Us, I forgot about us, we're a kite surfing shop. So we're uh, surfandkiteshop.co.uk, and there's everything about the business there. 
Fantastic. Pete Sawyer, <laughs> thank you very much. So what's my connection with Westwood Home? Well, my partner and I have been coming down here for the last five years or so, and we just love the place. We try and come um, at least once a year, uh, twice or three times if we can. Um, we love coming in the winter because it's really wild and rugged and windy and blustery in that terrific um, British weather sort of way um, and we love the beach in particular uh, in the winter. It's, it's an odd thing because I'm from Malaysia and my partner is from South Africa and so from our childhoods we have our memories of these idyllic warm white sandy beaches with palm trees and of course the Westwood Hoe North Devon landscape is just the opposite of that but what is fantastic about the beach here that we love so much it's two miles long and at low tide it's maybe a quarter of a mile wide um, and the sea because it's the Atlantic um, it's wild and windy and uh, we love watching the surfers uh, out in the waves they're really truly very brave guys and of course the kite surfers uh, uh, like Pete um, and uh, just watching them you know surf the waves it's fantastic uh, and on on the beach we're walking and we see these uh, people with their dogs and just walking and um, there's a really mellow friendly atmosphere um, and uh, the, the the town is right there on, on the beach but it, it has fantastic facilities, some wonderful restaurants, as Peter's mentioned, and, and we're sort of working our way through all the different restaurants. Um, and people generally are just so, just friendly as you're walking along, you know, you don't know them, but then they don't know you, but there's just lots of smiles and, um, and, and there's just a very mellow atmosphere. Um, and I think uh, what I've also um, uh, love about it is this sort of, there is this feeling of kind of creativity and quirkiness. And I think in terms of what Pete uh, has said about the way that he and the local businesses have approached uh, events, there's that sort of slightly defiant, we're not going to do things the usual way, we're going to do it slightly differently. Um, and uh, there's that exuberance, that love of life. Um, and so we come down here um, and, and I find it sort of recharges my creative batteries, particularly in, in the winter um, where it's, uh, you know, we're, we're staying indoors some of the time because of the weather, but then looking out at the wonderful um, view over the sea and, and everything, it just kind of, it, it's really very nourishing and revitalizing. Um, and then in the summer, there are wonderful walks uh, across uh, the clifftops um, and uh, the, the headlands, uh, and of course, still on the beach and, and um, just, kind of getting out there in the fresh air um, in North Devon um, and then coming home for a nice relaxing cup of tea and again looking out over this wonderful view in Westwood Hope. And we hope to keep on coming here and being inspired and being revitalised in this lovely place, Westwood Hope. Today's creative conversation was with Pete Sawyer, owner of the Kite Mare Kite and Surf Shop in Westwood Ho. There are photos and links to some of the things we talked about on the show notes page, and you can go there via the bit.ly short link, which is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash creative conversations hyphen podcast, and search for episode CCV0203, Pete Sawyer on Kite Surfing to Happiness, Westwood Ho. 
don't miss the next few episodes of the Westwood Home miniseries, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And the show's name is Creative Conversations with Yang Mei Ui. The Creative Conversations podcast is produced by tigerspirit.co.uk. The podcast short link, again, is bit.ly bit.ly forward slash creative conversations hyphen podcast. I'm Yang Mei Ui. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as at Tiger Spirit UK. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Thank you.